Hi, this is Dan. This podcast episode is one in a four-part series about sin, salvation, Holy Spirit, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This series will build your faith. If you haven't already done so, you can find me at YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Revival Now Dan Steep, and my website, RevivalNow.com. Thanks for listening to my podcast and sharing it with your friends. Remember, God's not mad. He loves you, and so do I. The genesis of this message is simply this. You know, I was having a a great conversation with someone recently about the baptism in the Holy Ghost, the biblical evidence of the baptism in the Holy Ghost. And uh, we were just having great conversation around that whole thing. And what came up in that conversation is that there's a lot of um, confusion for some, uh, a lack of knowledge and understanding from Scripture for others, um, and, and for others, just, uh, you know, uh, a preference in the direction of, we, we know that when we're born again, the Holy Spirit has a role in us even being drawn to God, for us turning to God. He, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin and draws us to God, and we're told in Scripture that the Spirit of God, at the moment that you're born again, the Spirit of God comes into you. And so, but that is a completely separate issue than the baptism in the Holy Spirit. What happens at conversion is not the fullness that God has for you and I. What happens at conversion is the beginning of the process, but there is a subsequent experience, this baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire, this experience that the disciples had on the day of Pentecost, when you are immersed and baptized in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And and so there's some confusion there about, do I have the baptism of the Holy Ghost when I'm when I'm converted or when I'm first saved? Is that all that there is? Is that the baptism? So I want to I just look at all of this from a scriptural standpoint and lay this foundation out very clearly. Uh, our Tuesday evening, 7 p.m. live streams are dedicated more to the U.S. side of things. Uh, and what I've found is there's just an incredible lack of knowledge and understanding from Scripture and I found that in my own life, in my own spiritual journey and experience, that uh, when I've been taught, when I receive good godly instruction from God's Word, and Holy Spirit teaches me and reveals truth to me, now I'm empowered to receive more of what God has for me. It's like in Scripture, and we'll, we'll even look at the Scripture at some point in the process of, of this lesson. You know, 
some, some believers, new believers, were asked by the apostles, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, we didn't even know that there was a Holy Spirit. So that's where we're at, and that's what we're dealing with. And, and so we're just going to start at the beginning and work our way up through and lay a foundation for why you need to be saved. And we're going to build from that into the Holy Spirit and His role and the baptism in the Holy Spirit and all of those things. So let me, let me dive into it. Again, if you're, if you're following along with us, say hello to us in the comments and uh, let us know where you're watching from. Amen. Appreciate every one of you. God bless you guys. So let's talk about sin. I said that the, you know, the title is Sin, Salvation, Holy Spirit, and the Baptism in the Holy Spirit. Sin. Let me share some thoughts with you about sin. Number one, we were created in the image and the likeness of God. We're going to look at a lot of scripture tonight. And I decided, rather than to type all the scriptures up in my, my notes and look at them on my screen, I'm going to thumb through with you. So if you would turn with me to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Remember, point number one under sin is we were created in the image and the likeness of God. I want you to see just how special you are. You're special just because you're a human. You and I are the crowning achievement of God's creation. God created the heavens and the earth, but there's only one thing that he created in his likeness, and that's you and I. We were created in the image and the likeness of God. In Genesis 1, verses 26 and 27, God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. And by the way, that's, that's the first allusion in Scripture to the Trinity. Who's God talking to when He says, let us make man in our image? He's talking to the Trinity, to the Godhead, to the Spirit and the Son. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So there you have it. Male and female, he created them. God created male. God created female. God created the only two biological genders. Let us make man in our image. He created us in his image. He gave us, as the scripture says, dominion over all of creation. We were created in the image of and the likeness of God. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Psalm chapter 8. Psalm chapter 8, verses 4 through 8. 
This is the starting point. Creation. Perfection. The Garden of Eden. Paradise. Complete fellowship with God. Unbroken fellowship. No sin. Created in perfection. In the likeness of God. Let's see what the psalmist says in Psalm chapter 8, verses 4 through 8. What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you've crowned him with glory and honor. I'm telling you, if you don't realize it, it is clear from Scripture. You know, I know people, you know, some people are battling depression, low self-esteem, going through difficult times, uh, you know, believing what the devil says about you, what other people say. But what God's Word says is that God made you and I a little lower than the angels and crowned us with glory and honor. You've made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, that pass through the paths of the seas. Hallelujah. You are crowned with glory and honor. And we lost that when the original sin came into the world. I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll get there, but let me work my way up to it. The second point under sin is that God gave us capabilities far above animals. There is nothing, no creation like you and like me. He gave us capabilities far above animals. What are we talking about? What kind of capabilities? God gave you a will. He gave you a soul, a spirit, a soul, and a body. Within your soul, the soul comprises the mind, the will, and the emotions. Mind, will, and emotions. Those are things that separate us from all of creation, particularly your will. God gave you a will. He gave you the ability to make choices. God placed, the the Bible says that he's placed eternity in the hearts of men. It's amazing how God created human beings with the ability to discern, to self-actualize, He created you and I to to have hope and dreams, to reach for more. That's the eternity that he placed in us. That's the God part in every one of us that causes us, gives us the ability to look higher and think higher. And he gave us choice. He gave us the ability to make choices. 
And we get to choose whether we'll follow him, serve him, love him, receive all that he has for us. And he gave us a charge. He told us to to take dominion over all of creation, to subdue it, to walk in authority. He's given us a charge. And if you're a Christian today, if you're walking in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, he's given you a charge to represent him, to let your light so shine before men that they'll see your good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Hallelujah. But when you think about this charge, it's Psalm 115, verse 16. It says, the heaven... Even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. God has given us authority in the earth. Satan tricked humanity and stole that authority away. But through the sacrificial atonement of Jesus Christ through his sinless death and resurrection, he took back the keys from Satan and put them back in our hands, the keys of the kingdom. He gave us back our authority. And now, as a child of God, we are to walk in a kingly, priestly authority here on earth. He's, he created us in His li- image and likeness. He gave us capabilities far above any other creation. But here is where the story turns. The devil caused Eve to doubt the truthfulness of God. They had it all. Perfection, paradise, Turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, I'll start with verse 13. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Verse 16. To the woman, he said, this is God's judgment upon the sinful disobedience. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the, her- the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall-, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. So this is the curse that came upon humanity. Through the original sin of Adam and Eve, we call that the fall of humanity. And 
when Adam and Eve doubted the truthfulness of God, because that's what, that's what the serpent said to Eve. She told the serpent, God said that we can't eat of the fruit of that tree, and the, de- and the devil said, the serpent, did God really say that? And then he said, surely you won't die. The devil caused Eve to doubt the truthfulness of God. And through that, curse came into the earth. The curse of sin and death. But I want you to notice something in this story. The curse isn't just on Adam and Eve. The very ground. God cursed the ground. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. And that sent set the course for humanity. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Give you a New Testament angle on it. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin... And thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. That's what the Bible says. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But it began through the sin of one man, that sin entered the world and death through sin. There was no sin. There was no death. It was perfection made in God's likeness, in His image, walking with God in the garden, in paradise, in in perfection. But the devil caused ease to Eve to doubt the truthfulness of God. Then came the fall. What's the significance of the fall of man from perfection into sin? The fall opened the door. It opened the door to sin, to sorrow, to sickness, and ultimately death. It opened the door to curse, the curse of sin upon humanity. Genesis 3.23 Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. And that's where the ills of this world began. And history, the conscience of humanity, And honest human intelligence all give witness to the depravity of man. 
History gives witness to the depravity of man. Conscience gives witness to the depravity of man. Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, verses 9 through 18. What is depravity? The depravity of man. That is where sin entered the world, and from that moment forward, we were all born into sin. You don't have to teach a child to be selfish with their toys. They, it's innate within them because they were born into sin. The door was open. The, so depravity is man's moral, mental, and spiritual natures being perverted and distorted by the fall. That's depravity. Probably should define terms like that. Amen. Thank you guys for joining us. God bless all you guys. Ohio, Florida, Tennessee. Good to see you guys. As you're watching, make sure you say hello in the comments and let us know where you're watching from. So that's depravity. That's man's moral, mental, and spiritual natures being perverted and distorted by the fall. Romans chapter 3, verses 9 through 18. What then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There's none who understands. There's none who seeks after God. It is, it's so true, I'm just going to stop. Uh, rather than just reading all the way through it, there's none who, who operates in understanding apart from the intervention of God through His Son, Jesus Christ, putting us back into relationship, bridging the gap through uh, the, the gap between sinful humanity and a holy God. Bridging the gap between sinful Dan and a holy God. The Bible says there's none who seeks after God. It's true. No one, as a result of the fall, as a result of sin entering into the world, no one naturally seeks after God. We try to be our own gods, create our own gods, prop up our own idols. That's what's natural until you're born again. And the work of grace begins working in your life. When you cooperate with God, with His Word, with His Spirit, to bring, a, to, to bring about a transformation, a renewing of your mind into the image of the one that you and I were created after. The Scripture goes on to say in Romans 3.12, They have all gone out of the way, they have together become unprofitable. There's none who does good, no, not one. That's why the Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. You're beginning to get a picture of why we need a Redeemer, why we need a Savior, because of this condition that we're born into. 
And I'm here to tell you that apart from the intervention of God in my life through Jesus Christ, I'm everything that this scripture talks about and worse. I am incapable of sustaining anything good and positive in my life apart from the grace of God operating in me. He goes on to say, Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips. So your lips are like a poisonous snake whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. That is the way of this world apart from Jesus. And if you're walking in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that's why you're here. To let your light shine in darkness. The Bible promises that darkness will not be able to extinguish the light that's in you. Hallelujah. It's a great time to be a Christian. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There's no fear of God before their eyes. That's a mouthful. But that is the depravity of man. That is a picture of you and me apart from the intervening grace of God through Jesus Christ. And the problem with this depravity is sin leads to evil, which leads to iniquity. It's just compounding. And that's what we see in our world today. The compound effect of sin through generations brings us to the chaos that we see in our world leading up to the very soon rapture of the church. The next major event on God's prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church. And if you think things are bad now, just wait. Don't wait. Be a part of that number. Be a part of God's chosen people. And go with him when he catches this church, the body of Christ, Christians, up out of this world to meet him in the air and forever be with the Lord. Be a part of that number. Number one, make sure that you're counted in that number. Because when God takes the church out of here, remember the Bible clearly says that Christ is the head And we are the body of Christ. And when he gathers his body up out of the earth, look out. Because there's nothing left here holding back the Antichrist spirit and the Antichrist agenda. And that's where we're at. Depravity has brought us this, this moral, mental, and spiritual bankruptcy 
in the nature of man that there's no hope for and no help for apart from the intervention of a loving, holy God who loved you and I so much that the Bible says he gave his one and only son that whosoever would believe in him, believe that he is Lord, believe that God raised him from the dead, confess him as your Savior. Whoever would do that would not perish, but have everlasting life. But the problem with this depravity unchecked, as it runs its course, it warps a person's entire being. Turn with me in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 2, just a little further to the right from that passage of Scripture in Romans. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Hallelujah. Give you guys a chance to turn there. God bless all of our listeners, viewers. If you joined us late, make sure you say hello in the comments. Let us know where you're watching from. And I forgot to, to say this uh, at the start of the live stream, but this week we're celebrating going over the 8,500 soul count in 2021. God in His goodness, God in His grace, has seen fit, he's seen fit to bless this ministry, to put his hand on this ministry and use us and our soul-winning network to bring over 8,500 people into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I just got to pinch myself. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you to each and every one of our partners. You guys are helping us. You're helping us by praying for us. Our financial partners are helping us immensely. Because how many of you know that salvation is free, but sharing the gospel and spreading the good news is very expensive. But thanks be to God, who always leads us into triumph. And he's doing that He's doing that for us this year. Because of you, because of your prayers and your support and your partnership and our many partners across this country and around the world, we can celebrate with the hosts of heaven over not just one lost sinner coming home, but over 8,500 just in 2021 alone. You only stop for just a moment. If you haven't heard the story, just a handful of years ago, God spoke to me and he told me to ask him for a million souls. And I'll, I'll, I'll spare you the, the details, but at, at specific points moving forward from that time, from that day, God continued to speak to me and give me direction and preparation and strategies for reaching those million souls. And to place it in context, I, I, I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but uh, I, I think that, I don't remember the number, but let me just say maybe it was 250 souls 
that we won to the Lord through this ministry last year, and already this year, in warp speed, over 8,500. Glory to God. And we're just getting started. And all the credit and all the glory goes to Him. I'm incredibly thankful for our partners, though, for people like you that are supporting us and helping us and sharing our live streams, sharing uh, our um, podcast episodes, and helping us keep the momentum moving forward. Hallelujah. I love you guys. You type a little heart in the comment section. Let me know you guys are still with me. Thank you, Lord. So, depravity warps a person's entire being. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. So that's it. You're dead in your trespasses and sin, apart from salvation through Jesus Christ. You he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, that's Satan, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. Did you get that? We were by nature. We were born into this nature. Children of wrath. That is the end of every one of us here on earth, here on earth, and then ultimately death. Sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Look at another scripture with me, Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Love you guys. Romans 5, 12 through 19. We're talking about depravity and how it warps a person's whole being. And, and how apart from the intervention of God through Jesus Christ, this is everyone. Romans 5, 12 to 19. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Nevertheless, for until now, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there's no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, right, one man's transgression, Adam, the original sin, if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift of, 
And the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Verse 15, I want to read that again. But the free gift is not like the offense. So the gift that God gives through Jesus Christ is not like the original sin. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Let me read that last verse, verse 19, one more time. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, Jesus Christ, many will be made righteous. Hallelujah. God so loved the world. I love Romans 5.8. God demonstrated His love for us in that while we were yet sinners, while we were still lost in sin and sentenced to death, before we had done anything good, because the only good that we can do is the good that He does through us. Before we did anything, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. I want you to always remember that. You see, religion is all about what you and I can do to be saved, how we can earn our salvation. But true Christian faith is about a relationship. It's about a God who intervened on my behalf when I could not intervene on behalf of myself. And He gave me the opportunity to be transformed into His original image and plan and purpose for my life. Hallelujah. Well, the next point is this. Christ, our Redeemer, was tempted in all points as we are. Hebrews 4.15 Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. Hallelujah. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, 
yet without sin. Our high priest, Jesus Christ, our Savior, was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. So we have a Savior who understands everything that you've been through, everything that you're currently experiencing. He understands the thoughts that you battle with. He understands your emotions. He understands your wounds. He understands your weakness. He gets it. He understands it all. Tested in every point as we are, yet without sin. That is our Redeemer. That is the one, the only one, who could give himself as a sinless sacrifice, spotless, the perfect Lamb of God, slain for your sins and mine. The perfect was slain, blood spilt for the imperfect, like me and you. That's our Savior. That's our Redeemer. It matters. You know, the Bible says that Jesus was born of the Holy Ghost and of a virgin. There's some miracles going on there. The virgin birth. A virgin young girl named Mary was impregnated by the Holy Spirit of God. And that's how Jesus could be born into this world, but not born in sin, not born under the curse that you and I were born into. He was the perfect, spotless Lamb of God. So, if you hear somebody try to tell you that the virgin birth isn't real or try to explain it away, Turn around in the other direction and walk away. God's word is true. This stuff matters. The virgin birth matters. Jesus being born of the Spirit and of a virgin matters. It explains the sinful nature of the Son of God the sinless nature of the Son of God. I'll read a couple, couple more scriptures with you. 2 Corinthians 5.21. 2 Corinthians 5.21. I hope, uh, I hope this is helping you tonight. I'm just more aware than ever before that the foundation has to continually be laid for the faith, the foundation of the faith. And I want you to know the foundation, and I want you to be prepared. 
to give a response when it's asked of you. 2 Corinthians 5.21, we're talking about Christ our Redeemer who was tempted in all points as we are. 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He became sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. That's our Redeemer. Hallelujah. 1 John 2, 2. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not ours only, but also for the world. He is the one who bridges the gap between our sins and a holy God. He is our, the representation of God on our behalf. Thank you, Jesus. Look at one last one, Ephesians 1.7. Ephesians 1.7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. This last major point about sin is that humanity's sin and shame and the grace of God are the story of the Bible. That's the story. God created us in His image in perfection. Man rebelled and sin came into the world. And the whole rest of Scripture is God's pursuit of a remedy of the sin condition of humanity. That's it. Romans 5.20. Romans 5, verse 20. Moreover, the law entered, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, Grace abounded much more. That's the good news of the gospel. Where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8, verse 19. 
For the earnest expectation of creation eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. And not only they, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves eagerly, waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we who were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, then we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. The Apostle Paul is saying, creation groans with birth pangs together until now. But we who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we who have been born again, we ourselves groan eagerly waiting for the adoption, for the redemption of... What's the redemption of our body? That's the resurrection of the dead, being resurrected unto life, receiving our heavenly bodies, joining together and being with Christ forever. That's the story of the Bible. The Bible is a great love story. The story of a loving, holy, righteous God who created you and I in His image. But He also gave us the ability to choose. Adam and Eve were deceived. And they rebelled against God. And sin came in. The fall of humanity. And from that point forward, God has been working to remedy our sin situation. And He gave His Son the perfect spotless Lamb as the sacrifice that you and I would not perish but have everlasting life. He offers us salvation. What is salvation? A lot of people think that salvation is eternal life. And it is. But salvation is so much more than that. Salvation is freedom. It's healing. It's deliverance. It's prosperity. It's fullness of joy. It's life abundantly here on earth and in eternity. So we talked about sin, the sin condition. I want to spend just a few moments talking with you about salvation. We talked to you about the conditions of salvation. John 3.3 3. John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
You must be born again. That's why Jesus said the gospel must be preached to every creature. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then, verse 14, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Verse 15, And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Because you must be born again. We must be born again. So we must be, we must be able to hear the gospel message. And God sends his servants to share that gospel message. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God by grace through faith. These are the conditions of salvation. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So what's the evidence of salvation? Romans 8.16. Romans 8.16. The reason I want to talk to you about the evidence of salvation is we maybe people have heard about the conditions of salvation. Many have. Many haven't. Many people don't understand that when you confess your sin and you repent of it, you turn away from it, and you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, that is the, the, the condition that you must meet in order to receive this salvation that Jesus paid for you to have. But then there is an evidence of salvation. There's an inward evidence and there's an outward evidence. And it matters because that evidence gives witness to the new birth. And if we're not aware of, if we don't understand, people can pray a prayer of salvation and then they never continue in it and walk in the newness and their life isn't changed and transformed. There is an evidence of salvation. In Romans 8, 16, talks about that evidence. It says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Remember the title of the lesson tonight. Sin, salvation, Holy Spirit, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. There's a role of the Holy Spirit in the salvation process. Drawing us to God. Convicting us of sin. And when you enter into that personal relationship with Jesus Christ... We see in Romans 8.16, the Spirit Himself then bears witness with our spirit that we are 
children of God. So there is an inward evidence of salvation. It's called the inward witness, the witness of the Spirit. God's Spirit with your spirit as you've been born again. But there's also an outward evidence of salvation. Look with me in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. Ephesians 4, 24. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. We're looking at the evidence, the outward evidence of salvation. That you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in righteousness and true holiness. So we're born again and we put on the new nature in Christ Jesus. In Titus chapter 2, verse 12 teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. So what are we talking It's talking about what it looks like to walk as a child of God. It's the fruit. It's the outward fruit of the inward work that God is doing in your life. We don't skip ahead to the outward fruit and say, do these things, and then you're saved. No, you get saved, you receive salvation through Jesus Christ, and this is the fruit of your salvation. It's the outward evidence of your salvation. Hallelujah. I want to leave you with some some salvation truths. And we might get into this more when we pick it back up next week. Salvation is from God, not man. Salvation originates from God, not man. Religion is about man-made rules and processes that somehow are supposed to get you to God, but it always breaks down and it always falls short. Salvation has its substance and origin in God. Salvation is initiated from God Toward you and I. God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So God initiated and he sends his spirit to woo you, to draw you unto him so that you will respond to God and his gift of saving grace. Romans 6.23. Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Eternal life is a gift that God offers you. Hallelujah. I I get excited about this one. Genesis 3.15. Genesis 3, verse 15. God said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He's speaking to Satan. And this is what he said. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. This is the first messianic prophecy or or allusion to Christ in the Bible. 
in Genesis 3.15, God references the work of Christ when he says to Satan that he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. This is God speaking right in the midst of the judgment of the fall of man. So as soon as man sinned, God was already announcing his great plan of salvation. Hallelujah. I hope that encourages you. There is a God, and I hope that you serve him today. That if you don't, I pray that you will turn to that God today. There is a God who loves you and I so much that he made us in his image. He gave us dominion over all the earth. He gave us authority. We forfeited that authority through the original sin of Adam and Eve. And right on the heels of the original sin, God announces his great plan of salvation. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he believes in you. That he initiated it all and gave of his own substance, his only son, that you and I would not perish, but have everlasting life. And this salvation is through Christ alone. The Apostle Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost. He preached that great Pentecostal sermon. And he said, There is no other name under heaven given by men by which you must be saved. His name is Jesus. And I'm going to break it off right there for this live stream. Do you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Have you been born again? It is the starting point. And we're going to continue, we're going to move forward from this place. Sin, salvation, Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. There's so much that God has made available to you and I. And it's all available to his children. I'm not talking about humanity. I'm talking about the one who recognizes his sinfulness and repents of it and confesses Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. That one is a candidate for every promise in God's word to be fulfilled in your life. If you're walking in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ tonight, hallelujah, amen, I salute you, I thank God for you, but it's my hope and my prayer that through this journey that we've taken together tonight, you understand fresh and new and in a deeper way just where you were in depravity and just what God did for you and what He'll do anyone who will turn to him in humility and repentance. I know there's a lot of Christians that are living beneath their privileges, but we're going to move forward into 
the greater, richer things that God has in store for you that I believe many people just are not aware that it's available to you. It was available to me all of my Christian life, but for many years I didn't know that it was for me. I didn't know that it was available to me. But thanks be to God that in His grace and His goodness, He showed me. He opened those things up to me. Would you say yes to Jesus? I want to pray a prayer for you. I'm going to pray it out loud, and I want you to repeat this prayer out loud after me. And if you do, if you repeat that prayer out loud after, you, after me from a place of sincerity and humility, I guarantee you that you will be born again. You will be saved, and you will be a candidate, a prime candidate, to receive all that God has written for you and written about you in His Word. It's all available to the child of God. And you can become a child of God right now just by repeating this prayer out loud after me. I want you to repeat it out loud because Jesus said, if you will confess me before man, I'll confess you before my God, my Father in heaven. And the Bible says, if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the grave to give me victory over sin and death. I confess my sinfulness to you. I repent. I turn away from it. Please forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and life and make me a new person. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, if you prayed that prayer together with me, let me be the first one to welcome you to the family of God. You are my newest brother or sister in Christ. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So when you prayed that prayer out loud after me, you called on the name of the Lord. So by the authority of God's word, I'm telling you today, you're saved, you're born again, and you're on your way to heaven because you have Jesus in your heart. I'd like you to do something for me. If you prayed that prayer with me, go to our website at revivalnow.com. And right there on the front page, there's a red button that says, I just got saved. Click that button. There's a place for you to fill out your contact information. Please take a moment and fill that out. I want you to do that for a couple of reasons. One, I want to know who you are. I want to be able to pray for you by name. And number two, we want to be able to be a resource to you in your new life in Christ Jesus. Also, I've prepared some video resources for you right there on the page that you can view that'll help get you started on the right foot in your new life in Christ Jesus. Amen. You have my word. If you'll, if you'll fill that information out, you won't end up on a mailing list. You won't be solicited for anything. It's just for me to be able to pray with you, pray for you, and to be able to be a resource to you in an ongoing way in your life in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for doing that. And uh, before, we, before I say goodbye, I want to give everyone the opportunity 
to partner with us in our ministry. If you'd like to partner with us financially, there's a number of ways that you can do that. I think you could start with just going to our website at revivalnow.com forward slash invest now. All of our giving uh, app platforms and, and avenues are available there, and you can follow the prompts. So you can go right to our website and do it there. But if you want to just give mobily, uh, you can text RNGIVE to 888-364-4483. Text RNGIVE to 888-364-4483. We're on Cash App at dollar sign RNGIVE. That's Cash App at dollar sign RNGIVE. Also on PayPal at RNGIVE. RNGIVE. That's RN for Revival Now. RNGIVE on PayPal. If you like to give the old-fashioned way, you can make your check payable to Revival Now and mail it to P.O. Box 411, Marysville, Ohio, 43040. Revival Now, P.O. Box 411, Marysville, Ohio, 43040. If you didn't hear me earlier in the live stream, this week we're celebrating eclipsing the 8,500 soul mark over 8,500 souls won into the kingdom of God through this ministry in the calendar year 2021. And when you partner with this ministry, every soul that that comes into the kingdom through this ministry is credited to your account as well. So we thank God for you. Thank God for all of our partners that partner with us on a regular basis. And for those of you that would choose to partner with us, we just humbly say thank you and God bless you. We couldn't do it without you. Just want to pray over each and every one of you before I say goodbye. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every person listening to this live stream. And Father, I thank you for every person that will listen to the recording in the future. May many souls come into your kingdom through this live stream and through the recording. I speak blessing over every person that makes the decision to say yes to Jesus, to say yes to eternal life, to say yes to healing, deliverance, prosperity, freedom, salvation in Jesus' name. Bless our partners. Bless our viewers. Wherever they are right now, in the name of Jesus, visit them in a profound and tangible way. May they know your love, your care, and your concern. And may they experience your hand strong on their behalf. Thank you for healing, Father. Thank you for healing bodies right now in Jesus' name. Thank you that you're healing emotions in the name of Jesus. Thank you that you're even now rebuking the devourer from people's health and finances in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for those who put you first in the tithe, for those who partner with us in the offering. Thank you for them. Open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing beyond their ability to contain it. In the name 
of Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father. Bless their businesses. Bless their employment. Bless the ministries. Bless their homes and marriages, children and grandchildren. In the name of Jesus. Grant them refreshment in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Well, listen, we love you. From myself, Pastor Shannon, everyone here at the Revival Now team, everyone here in the Revival Now studio, God bless you. We're praying for you. We're standing with you. We believe in you. And until next time, we'll see you.